you know what you're facing when you face a, a Mark Stoops team, physical and competitive, extremely well coached. And this team is is no different. They've played some really good teams here over the last five weeks, uh, arguably the four best teams in our league. Uh, when you talk about Alabama, Georgia, um, Tennessee, and who they lose the other one? Missouri, uh, the four teams. So that's four losses in their last five games against some really good teams. And, and they've, you know, uh, uh, are really, really talented. Obviously, with offensively, it starts with the, the run game and uh, the way they're able to run the football, big offensive line, accurate quarterback that can make all the throws, and then a really talented group of receivers and tight ends that we've seen the last uh, couple years. Defensively, uh, Coach Stoops is a defensive guy. They do a fantastic job, well-coached. Um, don't really necessarily try and trick you what they do. They're very good at, and uh, they know how teams try and attack it, and they're very well-coached and very disciplined. So you have to beat them uh, from a – offensive standpoint versus their defense and then really dangerous in on special teams with talented returners and and um, good cover teams so it'll be a big challenge for us we need a great week of practice had a good day today and uh, need our crowd to be an advantage for us on Saturday night and no they will be uh, injury wise in decent shape Trey Knox practiced today he should be fine for Saturday uh, to carry on I would say is very doubtful for Saturday and Trey Jones will be out Saturday but uh, other than that we're in solid shape and hopefully we can continue to get through the week healthy questions Shana the defense the three-man front has gotten a little bit of attention the past couple of weeks and obviously it's coming off a good game against Vanderbilt just kind of what led to that decision uh, and just do you see um, you know not asking for the game plan but do you see that going forward a little more often uh, yeah I think each week is different um you know, Kentucky plays a different style of football offensively than Jacksonville State does. You know, Jacksonville State was going to go a million miles an hour and try and run 100 plays a game. Um, uh, Kentucky does not. They're going to get with multiple personnel groupings and shift motion and, and try and shorten the game and run fewer plays. I think they're averaging like 58 plays a game offensively or something. Uh, Vanderbilt was different than Jacksonville State. Kentucky's different than Vanderbilt. So every week we're going to do what gives us the best chance to be successful. You know, knock on wood, we've played pretty good defense against Kentucky the last couple of years, primarily playing out of a you know four-down look as well. So we'll see. Each week is different without a doubt. Um you do what gives you the best chance to be successful. And then where it came from was really, um, honestly, just hadn't been playing good defense uh, throughout the year. And after the Missouri game kind of said, what's the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over again, expect a different result. So I say that, yeah. And uh, not that we were playing bad. I mean, we held Georgia to 24 points and played good defense, but just giving up too many explosive plays and needed to get, you know, more athletes on the field at more, more often, that being Bam Scott, Jaron Willis, you know, whoever it might be. So um, we've always played some – three down odd whatever you want to call it this this is a little bit different in that we're doing it with you know a little bit of a different personnel grouping out there Shane two questions for you I'll ask you the first one I'll let you answer it DJ Braswell in terms of what he's going to have, probably have to do over these next couple of weeks because of the injuries what have you seen that makes you feel good about this young man especially at this point of the year in comparison to when he first arrived here uh he He's a competitor. He doesn't say a whole lot, Mike, but he competes and he doesn't back down from from anyone. You know, you get out there on the practice field. Our practices are very 
uh, competitive and those guys on defense, they, they give him a hard time and I don't want to say rough him up, but they, they, they get after him pretty good out there at times, you know, our older guys on defense and things like that, but he doesn't back down from any of them. He competes and, and, um, you know, he's a guy that doesn't really say a whole lot, just kind of, he's the, he's the same day in, day out, consistent, steady, and, and, uh, has worked to get better at all parts of the game, not just running the football. And for a player like that, and it could be for anyone at this time of the year, I know injuries play a role as to why probably a guy's going to get out there because he only has one game left in terms of trying to maintain that year of eligibility. How do those conversations go when you meet with a player? Is it as simple as, hey, look, we need you to go, or is there a back and forth and there's a dialogue? It's a back and forth, and I think every week you – I'm – worried about the future of our program and that includes every individual in our program but I'm also worried about beating Kentucky and winning next week as well in, in the 2023 season so I think you know for us with those conversations guys roles red shirting it's always being honest with them and communicating with them what they want where they see things where we see things here's what we're going to try and do we don't want to play in a game if you're only going to play five plays in a game but if you got a chance to play 25 30 35 40 whatever it is that's a different story so I think it's doing what's best for your team and that individual in the short term but also having a long-term vision and um yeah, and just kind of making making good decisions but every situation I think is is different but at the end of the day Mike we just want to be honest with guys and make sure we're on the same page and not get to the end of the season and that guy's ticked off because we didn't convey to him what our plans were one way or another. Shane, it's that time of the year. Your name's come up at Mississippi State because of your past career there and your family connection there in Starkville. Any comment on that? And now it seems like schools are dismissing coaches because of that important December signing day to kind of shore things up. Is that a good trend for the for 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 this game these days as a acting coach that wants to not get fired no it's not a good trend um <laughs> particularly during the season so no i don't like that trend i hate to see it for jimbo I hate to see it for zach and you realize that's part of it when you when you get into the profession but i also understand i mean i know i got hired two years ago and it was crazy because i got hired whatever it was the second week of december and it's a week or 10 days before signing day and and you got the portal and everything else you're dealing with and when when uh, someone makes when a school makes a change you automatically see it's like sharks in the water with transfers and things like that as well so I get it part of it and then as far as Mississippi State uh, I understand the connection uh, wife is from Starkville Mississippi State grad I spent three years there not to mention that Zach their athletic director is one of my best friends in the entire world in fact the night before I interviewed for this job we spent Thanksgiving with he and his family and and uh, he and I talk regularly and got a ton of respect for him. And he's doing an awesome job in Starkville. But, no, this is where I want to be and love Columbia and want to be here for a long time. And and uh, said when I got hired that this was my dream job and still feel that way. And in my mind, we're just, just getting started here. Obviously a very important last couple games here to close the season. It was also a very important last couple games last year, and it worked out pretty well for you all. Do you hark back on that at all in your message to the team of – they know what it means. They have, a lot of them have the experience of 
getting two big wins here to end the schedule? Yeah, I think for us it's more just, uh, you know, this year is this year, and we've been a team that has gotten better the last two years throughout the season. So that's what we spend more time on is not, you know, guys, we, we last year we won the last two games. This year we got to do the same. It's more just uh, – um, getting better this week and we to me we got better from Jacksonville State to Vanderbilt this week it's going to be critical we get better as a team from Vanderbilt to Kentucky and that's what we've harped more on but certainly you know we've talked about the fact that we've played our best football the last couple years in November we need to again this year and then talking about why we were able to do that and it's because of how we practice and prepare and take care of our bodies and and um you know, we use the expression around here all the time, don't get tired of doing what's right. And it's a point right now we're in week 11 of the season, don't get tired of doing what's right. And that's on and off the field uh, because this time of year, everybody's um, um, bodies don't feel like they did back in September. Hey, Coach, after picking up a, a good win, we had some players in here saying that the energy today at practice just felt a little bit different. Is that something that you noticed out there? And what can that momentum do to help a football team? Um, yeah, I certainly noticed it today, but I think it's always been good on Tuesdays. Uh, I didn't, I thought the energy was awesome on our, and I've come in here and said it to you guys, the, the, the energy has been great at practice, whether we had lost the Saturday before won the Saturday before these guys are awesome. They come back and work every single week with great spirit and great energy. I'd say there was maybe a little bit more of a, uh, efficiency, maybe the word today, just very businesslike, competitive, spirited, energetic, but a really good pace and, and very efficient with what we were trying to get done and and didn't see a lot of, you know, mistakes, if you will, you know, very focused on what we were trying to get done. I was going to ask you about the momentum, but um, the guys still were excited about this game being at night as a coach and knowing how the atmosphere is at night and when you find out that a game is going to be played at night, uh, what does that do for you as far as uh, your excitement level? Um, yeah, no, I certainly know what a night game is like in Williams-Brice Stadium and I also don't dislike 12 noon kickoffs when I'm on my home and on my couch by 5 o'clock also like I was the last two Saturdays as well. But I um, – I realize what an advantage our fans are, whether it's a noon kickoff or a 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Our fans are going to show up and be awesome and be an advantage for us. But I also realize it's a little bit different in that stadium uh, at night as well, particularly from a recruiting standpoint, the energy it creates for our guys as well. So I I was excited to see it. It's good to have a run of three straight, counting A&M, three straight uh, noon Eastern time kickoffs, but it's good to get back to the, you know, night schedule and not having to wake up as a team as early on Saturday morning and and um, and then being being ready to go at on, at night on Saturday. So we got to be ready whatever time the kickoff is. But I know our guys are excited about playing at night, and I know our fans are, and I know I am also. Hey, with trying to limit the running backs reps this week to sort of protect them. Just how do you kind of make sure that, you know, the defense is still getting the reps they need, the offense is still getting the reps they need while, you know, making sure those guys aren't at risk. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to be smart. And, you know, to the point where it's like, okay, we got to, we got to get them to Saturday, you know, and, and uh, that, but you also have to pr- practice the right way and prepare the right way. And, 
And I know Xavier told you guys in the press conference on Saturday after the game about his practice habits. And I think he used the expression like you can't cheat the process of getting ready and which is awesome. And, and appreciate Joe pointing that out to me. We showed some of those clips of him and the guys to the team this morning, as a matter of fact. And, and he's exactly right. So you can't cheat the process. But what you can do is make sure you um, – we didn't take any less reps today in practice, Emily, than what we did last week. But what you do do is maybe it means more reps for DJ Braswell and less for Mario, which it did. It means more for Bradley Dunn and DJ Twitty and less for Mario, which is what you know what it was. So you got to be smart, uh, be smart with those guys. Xavier's obviously, you know, played a lot of snaps for us, so we got to be smart with uh, with him as well. He's kind of like the. Um, uh, Drago and Rocky that the guy like he's got it's almost like in practice with him like we're monitoring his output where we got to like okay shut him down this for five plays and he's at this number and all that as well he's like a science guy out there as well or, or a machine just making sure that we don't do too much because if you let Zay go he'll do everything full speed every rep in practice and we got to be smart with how much we're asking him to do on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, along with Mario and all of our players, Spencer's arm, whatever it might be, you're at that point in the year where you got to get the work in, but you got to be smart with individuals also. Coach Trey Knox and Josh Simon have really, you know, meshed together between the two of them and also have been a very big part for your offense. Kind of walk me through what you're seeing from them on the field and off the field. Yeah, they've um, – They've really been good. You know, we knew when we brought those two guys in that it was going to be a big, both big additions for our team. One, because they're really good players, but two, they played a lot of football. And um, they weren't young guys. Josh was a fantastic player at Western Kentucky, and Trey, obviously, his career at Arkansas speaks for itself. So we were getting experienced guys in that room to go along with a bunch of freshmen like we had with Connor and Reed and uh, Maurice Brown. So they've been fantastic from that standpoint and really complement each other really well. You know, Trey, I think, has helped – I know he's helped Josh, and Josh, I'm sure, has helped Trey. And uh, they both have really worked to become good players. Josh, as he's shown, is a weapon when the ball's in his hands. He's hard to bring down. Trey's a guy that obviously he was a receiver that grew into a tight end, so you see that in the passing game. They both have worked really hard to uh, get better in the run game also. So those two guys are – key key parts of our offense and, and they've worked to improve as players this year as well along with being great leaders hey shane obviously with omega he had the i think it was the pass that went through his hands for the interception against missouri and then he only has one catch last week against jacksonville state how happy were you to see him finally you know kind of break through i guess last week and get the touchdown and then what can a good final two game and maybe a bowl game to kind of stretch do for his confidence moving into next year as he gets a year older yeah, he's a guy that obviously earlier in the year when some of these freshmen, when we were bringing them along and Juice was out, that he had a major role early in the season. And it's, and he still does. It's, a, it's maybe not playing as many plays now. And part of that is the development of Nicholas Harbor. Part of that is Amarian Brown getting back, Luke Doty coming along. <clears throat> we're rotating some more guys in there at receiver. But Omega's a guy that has always been someone that we have confidence in and someone that's worked hard to improve this year as a player. And um, just has to continue to be more consistent, like all of our players, all of our players do. But he's a uh, he's a guy that works really, really hard. You know, I'm proud of Omega. Like any, if you ask anybody on our team, he's really worked hard mentally. Like in practice, if he's on Thursdays, especially if he's not out there physically taking the rep, like he's standing kind of behind the play, 
doing the footwork and the steps and running the route kind of on his own to make sure he gets a rep that way. And it's helped him. It's important to him and he's come a long way. And, and, um, uh, this, the rest of this season and this off season will be, you know, big for his continued development too. And if people forget, I forget that he's been here, you know, he was committed when I got hired here. So he's been here for all three seasons with us and we'll be getting ready for year four next year. Can you take me back two years ago after you got hired and the recruitment of Bam and how you found him out of Dodge City and um, what you liked from him? Cool. <laughs> um, I wish I could tell you exactly how we stumbled up on him. At that point, it was like, who's out there and who's available that we can find uh, that can, we've got a signing class of, I think it was like 11 guys, maybe 12 when I first that were committed and we just, we needed players. I want to say there was a connection cause he's a Midwest guy that there was a connection with Pete limbo and maybe Bam's high school coach that kind of got the ball rolling on that one. If Pete, I'm sure Pete's coming in here tomorrow. That's like the highlight of y'all's week. If he's not, let's bring him in tomorrow. Um, <laughs> And you can ask. I may be wrong on that, but I think that's the the connection. Pete and maybe Bam's high school coach. And um, I remember watching the tape and just thinking this guy. It was early, early, like you say, and watching the tape and just seeing an instinctive athletic guy on tape. And then I remember calling his high school coach a couple times uh, during that process just to find out more about him, tell me about him as a high school student, uh, on and on and on, just making sure because you're making decisions on guys that you've never met. And because of COVID, we can't really bring him in and I can't go see him. So you're just basing off conversations with word of mouth and people that you trust and heard a lot of great things about him. And and uh, he's come in and he's uh, he's he's a lot of fun to be around. And it's exciting to see him have some of this, the success that he's having right now. Hey, Shane, the last two years versus Kentucky has been a pretty competitive game. How important is this game? And especially, you know, there's a lot going into this game. And also, you got to stay focused because you know who you got next week. Yeah, we're not thinking about anything beyond this week. We got enough to, enough on our plate with Kentucky. No, it's just the way the game is. I mean, I just know in my two years here, two years ago it was, what, 16 to 10 and was a slug fest for four quarters. And last year was 24-14. And we had a huge turnover on the first play of the game and a block punt. So I think our players understand, like, when you play Kentucky, that's who they are, and it's going to be a physical four-quarter war. And um, offense, defense, and special teams, all three phases, you know, are going to be equally critical this week like they always are, but especially against these guys. And, and uh, they have our, you know, utmost respect. Did I hear it was your birthday, Phil? That's what I hear. Happy birthday, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Thank you. I feel the love. Yep, I can tell in here. <laughs> I got three for you. Uh, of course. <laughs> First of all, uh, what do you ask of your coaches this time of year with the jobs opening up and assistant coaches maybe contact? What, what, what do you ask of them in particular? Uh, I'm interested in uh, Coach Loggins and, and Arkansas with that job opened. It, do you have to talk with him? You know, is there communication there? Uh, and then thirdly, um, thoughts on uh, Donald Trump coming next week to the uh, football game. That's two. Reportedly, allegedly. You have, that's two. You said you had three. Well, no. Um, coaches, how, how do you – Coaches, Dow, Trump. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank that you. was not on the bingo card when I came in here today as well. Uh, coaches this time of year, like all 
always feel just keep me abreast of anything. Uh, be honest with me. I don't want to get surprised by anything. Uh, we, we our full attention right now better not be on other jobs. First of all, we we our focus right now better be on Kentucky and getting our football team better is the only thing that anybody should be um, thinking about. You know, I've been places where you're assistant coach, and this time of year coaches offices assistant coaches offices sometimes those doors are shut more than they should be and they're in there on the phone work not navigating the next move we better not have any of that here and our focus better be on Kentucky and Kentucky only having said that I will and I've told our staff I'll always help them if there's an opportunity out there that they feel like is a better situation or a promotion for their family or a chance to advance their career I don't want to ever stand in the way I was an assistant coach for 20 plus 20 years before I became a head coach so I get it I've been in that chair but uh, right now our full attention is on Kentucky and and um and uh, nothing else as far as Dow specifically. You're talking about their offensive coordinator job being open? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know what Sam's plans are out in Arkansas, but, you know, I think Dow's very happy here. But certainly when I saw that news a couple weeks ago with the situation at Arkansas, I, you know, Dow and I had some conversations, and I know he's very, you know, happy here and his family's happy here. And we are super – we are super happy, you know, that he's here uh, as well. So I don't think there's anything to say on that one other than he and I have talked, and I'll keep those conversations between us. And and the other one you're referring to is next week. We'll talk about next week, next week. I got enough to worry about this week with Kentucky. I've got another hard-hitting question for you. Talk to um, me. Can you confirm or deny whether or not you'll bring some sunglasses with you <laughs> to the stadium on Saturday? I, I think my son has those glasses, so i got to ask him if he has them uh, as well. I will not be bringing them, though. Now, uh, we need to play well. And, again, that was fun last year and all that as well. But last year was last year and and um, two new teams, but two two – Two good teams going at it on Saturday. You mentioned him a little bit in your opening statement, but Ray Davis, what makes him unique as a runner? You saw him at Vanderbilt last year, and kind of what is that challenge for a defense, especially still kind of breaking in that new 3-3-5? Yeah, I think he's very physical. Um, got great contact balance, can run through arm tackles, can make you miss. The first time I saw him on on tape this year was when they played Florida. Yeah, and um, – I think that was the day we played Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken, when Florida played Kentucky. And I remember watching a little bit of it in my hotel, and I'm like, gosh, look at this guy from Kentucky. <clears throat> and then we get ready for, to play Florida, and when we're watching Florida's defense, obviously we see Kentucky's offense, and there's amazing how many plays in that game where Florida's defense had him stopped. I mean, they got a guy in perfect position to make a play, but they can't get him on the ground. And he runs through arm tackles and makes people miss, runs you over, whatever it might be. And um, and uh, so he's he's got our full respect. And he's a really good weapon for them out of the backfield. I think he's like their fourth leading receiver or something like that. So they throw the ball to him. Uh, because their run game is so good, it opens up everything downfield. You know, they do a great job. They did it two years ago when Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator, and they're doing it again now of just designing – shot plays where it's run, run, run. Next thing you know, it's max protect. And you've got design routes downfield with uh, Robinson and, and and Key and Brown, the three receivers, and, and that's a handful also. So the running back really makes them go, but it starts with the run game, obviously. You talk about focusing on this game, limiting 
any exposure to the outside noise or distractions? Are you finding it difficult to contain your excitement for Darude being in town? This <laughs> one? Yeah, it's uh, it has been really tough. I've tried to maintain my poise around the players uh, as well. But now that's awesome. That's a song, obviously synonymous synonymous with Gamecock Athletics, and really, really cool that um, uh, that he will be here uh, to perform live I mean that's pretty awesome as well I won't be a part of the concert we'll be getting ready for the game and all that as well uh, but pretty cool that he's going to be here and and uh, we'll make a Saturday in Columbia even more electric speaking of electric just how have you seen Mario Anderson grow over the course of this season and from an energy standpoint what how much energy has he brought to this team on and off the field yeah no he's uh he really has he brings a lot of energy he's a workhorse in practice and just you know he's a competitor he's physical uh he's beat up but it doesn't slow him down <clears throat> he um he he um he's tough and that's one thing I can say about him. He's tough and he's really talented. He has always been good at running the football, but I think he's really grown just without the ball in his hands. He did a heck of a job last Saturday without the ball in his hands. You know, if you go back and watch that tape, some blitz pickups. There was one time Vanderbilt brought the corner off their sideline and he's on the right side of Spencer and has to come all the way back across to pick up a corner, which, you know, a lot of running backs are going to miss that guy if, he, if you're responsible for him in protection. And he's, um, he's tough, he's physical, and he's really developed with the ball not in his hands also. And, um, you know, he's got to be ready to be a, be, carry the load for a Saturday. Shane, with November to remember, when how often does that message come up, you know, on a day-to-day basis? And, you know, how bought in do you feel the players are to that message and what you guys preach about that consistently um, to finishing this year out strong and, you know, hopefully get into a bowl game? Yeah, uh, I would hope they're bought in because we talk about it about every day uh, as well. Not so much, okay, remember November, we got to win Saturday, but making sure we're doing what we have to do today and then the next day or whatever it might be uh, to make November uh, to remember as well. So I think they're, you know, bought in, they know. And to me, it was just a way, and we've always talked about it, but it's always, it was just a way, okay, October was behind us. October from a record standpoint, stunk losing those games in a row, but that's behind us. And now we got a chance to, you know, make November special, but it's one at a time and, and not worrying about, Next week, it's worried about today, and and it was Jacksonville State, and then we'll worry about the next one, and then we got through the next one, which is Vanderbilt. And now we're worried about you know this one and preparing for it.